Now, if you have your Bible there, just turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Let me just read from verse 9 through to 17, and then Mr. Gilmore is going to come and sing for us. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Following the reading, reading, of course, from the authorized version. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon them. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We trust and pray that God will stamp his own approval and blessing this reading of his infallible truth. I was travelling one Sunday afternoon with Dr. Paisley down to the south of Ireland, uh, down to our church in Donegal. And when we arrived, we travelled with the RUC team and they left us off at the border and the guards would take us over. The Reverend Porter was the minister at the time and he spotted me and he said, Tommy, would you sing for us? And I sang this piece that I'm going to sing to you now. But on the way home in the guard's car, Dr. Paisley said to me, Tommy, do you not see that last verse you sung? It's in our own hymn book. It says, was it for me? He bowed his head upon the cross and freely shed his precious blood, that crimson tide. Was it for me? The Savior died. He says, Tommy, we can't leave the Lord on the cross. And he says, when we get back to the RUC uh, uh, car, I'll write you a verse. And every time you sing this hymn, I want you to sing this verse. And he wrote this verse. Was it for me he left the tomb and saved me from death's awful doom and took his place upon God's throne where I with him will be at home? And tonight, <coughs> Dr. Paisley is at home with the Lord, and I'm doing what he told me. I'm going to sing tonight this piece, and I'm going to sing that verse that he wrote. Dazzling splendor 
tears off the sky was it for me he came to die it was for me yes all for me oh love of god so great so free oh wondrous love i'll shine and sing he died for me my lord and king was it for me he wept and prayed my lord of sin before him laid that night within gethsemane was it for me that i was for me yes all for me oh love of god so great so free oh wondrous love i'll shine and sing he died for me my lord and king was it for me bowed his head upon the cross and freely shed his precious blood that crimson flood was it for me the savior died it was for me yes all for me of God so great so free oh wondrous love I'll shine and sing he died for me my Lord and King was it for me he left the tomb and saved me from death's awful doom and took his place upon god's throne where i with him will be at home join me it was for me yes all for me join the privilege to be with you tonight. Uh, about two years ago the Reverend John Morrow invited me down to a Christmas dinner and he said to me, Tommy I want you to tell about some of the, the great meetings you were with Dr Paisley politically and spiritually and uh, he said you can take a half an hour. I started to talk and the people kept asking me questions and it ended up 
It was an hour and 20 minutes. And my wife and I never got back to Bangor until about two o'clock in the morning. So do yourself no harm. It'll not be the night. We'll not, uh, we'll not be taking uh, that sort of time. What I'll do is I'll give you a short word of testimony. And then I'll tell you about a week that I, I travelled with God's servant. And during that week, I saw over 150 souls saved. Amen. And what a time it was. <coughs> a real time of blessing. And if Dr. Paisley was here, he would say, be saying to me, Tommy, don't tell them about the servant. Tell them about the Saviour. Amen. And I'll tell you how the Lord worked through his servant. And not only Dr. Paisley in those days, a young David McElveen was well used of the Lord, a young um, uh, Dr. McRae, uh, a young Stanley Barnes. Uh, I'm nearly afraid to say about Dr. Douglas and Mr. Cook and these other men. They were all being used of the Lord. The Lord was working mightily in all our places. In those days, we didn't have lovely churches. and We met in different places, Orange Halls. We met in uh, barns. We met and lofts and every other thing sort of place. But we'll talk about that in a minute or two. I'm a townie. I was brought up in Belfast and Donegal Pass, which runs between Shaftesbury Square and the Lower Armour Road. I was brought up in a family. My mum and dad weren't Christians, but in those early days, people in Belfast believe in sending their children to Sunday school. And not only to Sunday school, to church, until and to children's meetings, I just wish today it was the same. Amen. Because in the centre of Belfast, we notice even in our Sunday school and martyrs, it's starting to go down uh, because children don't come out as much to these things. But I was sent along to Sunday school. I was sent along to. <laughs> it's it's funny. I went to a brethren Sunday school. I went to a Neelam children's meeting. And we were members of Great Victoria Street Presbyterian Church. So you can see where we were well uh, sent to different places. I was also a member of the Boys Brigade. But I had a faithful Sunday school teacher. And that godly man told us young men, there was a young uh, man of about 14 of us in his class, and he told us every week that we needed to be saved. And you know, month and year, you used to go up with the same teacher and that man saw these young men coming to the Lord. But I was the only one that didn't come to the Lord. And I came the age of 15 and my time to leave school. And by the way, I was telling our brethren in the prayer meeting, I did not like school. The only time I liked school was when it was football day. My headmaster said to me when I was leaving, he said, Gilmore, if you had to put more attention to your schoolwork than you did in football, You'd have been a genius, so you know why I, I didn't do so well at school. But you know, I left school, and I remember saying to that old Sunday school teacher on that Sunday, Mr. Stewart will not be back again. And I can see the tears in that old man's eyes. <coughs> and he said to me, Tommy, if you leave today without Christ, I'm going to have a Sunday school class that is going to have one that's missing. He said, if the Lord was to come back, you would be lost and all these young men. And he says, I have one verse to leave with you. My spirit shall not always strive with man. Mm -hmm. And I went out into the world. And as I told you, my whole life was football. I started to serve my time as an apprentice electrician. Down, uh, we were doing a big job in Cordals. 
And little did I know, we used to play football at lunchtime, and little did I know the manager of Carrick Rangers was watching, and he asked me to come and I signed for Carrick Rangers. And then I signed for uh, Ards, and then I signed for Distillery. And I thought my life was made. During the winter, I played football, and during the summer, my other love was flute band. I was in Donegal Pass Defenders flute band. I used to play the side drum. And they were my two goals. I had no thought of salvation. I had no thought of anything about the church. But one of the fellows who was my mate in the band, his uh, cousin, uh, she uh, came to hear the band a couple of times. And she invited us to a little mission hall called Wellwood Street Mission Hall in Sandy Row. My wife's not with me tonight, so I can tell you, I fancied this girl. Uh, so uh, that's the only reason that I wanted to go to that mission, because that girl was there. And of course, I asked her out. And of course, the girl, being a Christian, said to me right away, she said, you know, Tommy, she says, I'd like to go out with you. She says, but I'm a Christian and you're not. And I understand now why she said that. But, you know, I went and I listened and went off my back. She invited us to Coleman's Mission, which was going on in those days. Great mission. Mm. And when we went there, I eventually did meet my wife in the Coleman's Mission. But um, I went along there. But to cut a long story short, one night I was walking up the city hall and there was an open air meeting on a Sunday night. And the men were coming forward giving gospel shots. In other words, they were giving out gospel tacts. And the first thing that hit me between the eyes was my spirit shall not always strive with man. And you know, that stuck with me. The next morning, all the, the young apprentices, we used to sit at the back of the bus. And we all talked about the sin we got up and into during the weekend. And the young man said to me, Tommy, what's wrong with you? You're not yourself today. You know, my friend, I didn't realise that God's spirit was striving with me. At 10 o'clock when we had our tea break, we used to go out and again talk about all the things that we get up to. And they said to me again, look, what's wrong with you? There's something wrong with you. And it was the same through the whole week. And I remember that Sunday way back in September in the 60s, I was walking uh, into a, a little church and just sitting at the back of the church, I just said, Lord, Mr. Stewart said, if I asked you into my heart, you'd save me. And I, just in the back of that church, I asked the Lord Jesus into my life. Hallelujah. And what a, what a change it was. Yes. I came out and uh, the first thing I'd done, I had five sisters. I was the youngest. I was the child of the family. And uh, I never, ever had to do the, the dishing, the washing the dishes or Amen. drying the dishes. <laughs> my sister's done all this. But I walked up and I lifted the dish cloth and I started to, and my mother looked at me and she said, what is wrong with you? And I said, mom, I have something to tell you. I got saved tonight. Praise the Lord. And she, <coughs> pardon me, she wasn't saved, but she looked at me and she said, you know, Tommy, your grandmother, your daddy's granny, your daddy's mommy, she was a Christian and she prayed for you that you would get saved. And you know, uh, my mum and dad had the joy of seeing them coming to the Saviour later on in life. Amen. And you know, it's a, a real joy and a privilege to see my own family uh, all coming to the Lord. But you know, 
If a man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. And you know, the first thing I'd done was on a, month, a, on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, a Tuesday and a Thursday, was football training night. And I went in and I said to the manager, I'll not be back. And he looked at me and I said, I've got saved. And you think I said something out of this world. But you know, the next thing I went to the band and told them I wouldn't be back. Because, you know, I wanted to go to prayer meetings. I wanted to go to different meetings. And I got into a little uh, testimony band. And we were going around doing different things. But I got to know uh, uh, Eric Smith, who is the Reverend Eric Smith of the Jesus Saves Church. And he said to me, Tommy, you need to get into a good church. Because he says you need to hear the gospel and you need to be built up. And he says, I have the very place for you. There's a little church at the bottom of the Ravenhill Road and there's a man called Paisley that you should go and hear preaching. And I remember going that Sunday morning along to the, the little church and the men welcomed me in. And I sat at the outside seat and one of the elders came to me and he said, son, if I was you... I would move in a little bit. I wondered why he said this, but I soon found out the reason for it. Because Dr. Paisley used to come out of the pulpit when he was preaching, and he would walk down the aisle, and as he's walking back, he would hit you, slap the back, and say, Amen, brother, say amen. And that's what he was warning me about. But you know, as I sat in that church, and as I heard the people praying in the little prayer room, and as I heard, <coughs> pardon me, Dr. Paisley preach, I said, this is the church for me. And I started to attend the, that church. Uh, I remember coming in one Sunday morning and he grabbed me and he said, young man, can you drive a car? And I had just passed my test. And I said, yes, I can, sir. He says, have you got a car? And I says, no, I don't. He says, you see that big car out there? Could you drive it? It was a big, long-nosed sapphire. He used to drive, and I noticed it was a bench seat, and the bench seat was broke. I soon found out the reason, because he used to rock back and forward, and that's what happened to the bench seat. But I said, yes, I can. He says, look, the man who normally picks up my wife and family is taken ill. Could you go and pick them up on Beardsbridge Road? And I said, yes, I will. And he said, now, don't worry, my wife's very nervous with people driving. Go and pick them up. Now, I started from the, beer, from, from the little church down the Ravenhill Road up to the, the manse. You could do it in about 10 minutes. I think I took about half an hour because I was driving this by car and I didn't want to dent it. But again, to cut a long story short, he said to me that night, my wife enjoyed your driving. This man will not be back again. Will you look after my wife? And I said, I will certainly, I'll do that. And then he approached me one day, one Sunday, and he says, Brother, my driver comes from Limavati, uh, a, a fellow called Bill Norris. Many of you would know Bill, he was a real weightlifter, a strong man. And he said, Bill can't come, could you drive me? And I says, I could, sir. And he says, where do you live? I says, I live in Donegal Pass. And then he turned around and he said to Mrs. Paisley, Mommy, could we feed this crater here? And uh, she said, of course I can. So that started me off going with Dr. Paisley. And him and I just clicked off immediately. 
when his drivers came back and when the police was put on, he said to me, Tommy, I still want you to come with me. He says, uh, enjoy your company. And many a time in the back of that car, him and I had some tremendous times of prayer. Mm. When that church, our, our Jubilee church was being built, uh, it was built for 60,000 and we had that paid. But he said to me, Tommy, we need about 5,000 to carpet that church. And I've also asked people to come in and clean it. And he said, let's have a word of prayer and we'll pray that the Lord will bring this money. And after we prayed in the back of the car, he said to me, have you brought the post with you? And I says, yes, it's in the boot. He said, well, everybody was brother. He called the policeman brother. Brother, pull the car in do we get this post. And we're opening the post and all of a sudden I heard a hallelujah. The policeman there crashed the car. <laughs> and he says, Tommy, get mommy on the phone. And he, Mrs. Paisley came on the phone. Mommy, I've got so many thousand dollars from people from America. Could you tell me what it is? And she rang, rang us back and she was able to tell us that it was £65,000, the exact amount that we needed. We were praying in the car for that 65000 and that the answer was there, and that place was open. But he said to me one uh, week, he said, Luke, I have a week of meetings. Could you come with me to these meetings? And I said, I certainly will. And the first one that I want to tell you about was down, it was a Sunday afternoon in Portofoga. That's a meeting I'll never forget to the day I die. The meeting started, <clears throat> the place was packed, and God's servant started to preach. And about 15 minutes coming near the end, a lady jumped up on this side of the church, and she said, Preacher, I'll get saved now. And Dr. Paisley, the Reverend David Park, was the minister at the time, and he said, David, go and lead that woman to the Lord. And then a couple of minutes later, a young girl jumped at her feet and she said, Preacher, I'll get saved now. And the Dr. Paisley said to Mrs. Park, lead that woman to the Lord. After the meeting, there was a man sobbing his heart out just behind me. And I spoke to him and he said, that was my wife and my uh, daughter. We are a broken family and uh, they've got saved. And I'd love to get saved, but I can't. I talked to him and eventually he came in and he, was, he came in and Dr. Paisley had the joy of leading him to the Lord. We went up to the manse to get something to eat and Mrs. Park had just sat down being portafogie. It was fish and the next thing the doorbell rang, ding dong. Someone wanted to speak to Dr. Paisley and it was a soul came to the Lord. He, that person went away and he I don't think he ever got eaten the fish that day because there was about six or seven came to the manse alone Amen. to come to the Saviour. As we were sitting in the manse, it, it came to about 20 to 7. And I said, Dr. Paisley, we'll never get back to martyrs. And he said, Tommy, phone W.P. Muir. He can preach tonight. And one of the elders came up and he said, Dr. <coughs> Paisley, I'm delighted you're here. Would you come down? There was to be no meeting that night in Portavogie. He says, we can't get the people to leave. And there's people still coming and getting saved. And we went down that night and people were still being saved. And at the end of that meeting, there was something like about 40 people came to know the Lord as their saviour. Another meeting was one Sunday night. It was the, the uh, church 
in Londonderry was being opened and there was a tent mission. Dr. Paisley said to the, the, the elders, look, I'm going to have one hymn, I'm going to speak for 15 minutes and then I have to go to Londonderry. So him and Mrs. Paisley and I headed off and uh, we arrived, I think it was about half nine at the uh, Londonderry. God's servant spoke for about 20 minutes and that particular night there's 29 souls came to the Lord. I remember sitting and there was about six round Mrs. Paisley. Uh, the minister at that time was, uh, uh, he had about six round him. He was James McClellan, the, the, the brother of the Reverend Frank McClellan. And Dr. Paisley had ones round him. And all that week, we went to various places. We were ported down. <coughs> Dr. Paisley says, you'll meet a young man here. You call him Fred Greenfield. He is the student minister of Portadown uh, in the Kirkcrane Orange Hall. And that night after that meeting, there was something like about 45 or 50 souls came to the Lord. But you know, friends, not only was the Lord working through Dr. Paisley, he was working through other men of God in our church, the Reverend John Wiley. John Wiley was a real character. I never forget Dr. Paisley was preaching in Balamone and we got word that John was taken into hospital with a heart attack and the doc said to me, Tommy, we're going straight to the hospital. So it was a Sunday afternoon but we got there about 6 o'clock and the doctor said, Luke, don't keep this man too long. So as we arrived, Mr. Wiley was sitting and he or lying and he had all these wires all around him and he looked up at Dr. Paisley and he says, Ian, I hope you haven't come to ask me to preach tonight. I'm tied up at the moment. <laughs> Typical Mr. Wiley. You know, but what a man of God, a man that was yes. used of the Lord. That's right. Uh, the Korean church was yeah. started through God's servant there. Mm -hmm. But you know, people ask me why <coughs> was, was God working in those days? And my friends, I'll tell you why God's, uh, was, God was working because God's people were praying. Right. I never forget the, the mission in Bellamina. There was over 300 souls saved. Mm -hmm. And one lady was saved just with the singing of Jesus is passing this way, even before the meeting started. And I remember seeing people being carried literally into the inquiry room because they were under so deep, deep conviction. And I remember Mr. Uh, the Reverend Beggs telling us that he used to sometimes never get asleep at night with people ringing them up and saying, come to my house, I need to get saved, I can't sleep. And he was telling us the story of a man who collapsed in the middle of Cullibaggy and people were running to him thinking he had taken a heart attack. And when they got to him, he said, get someone to lead me to the Lord, I can't take this anymore. And this was, God was working across the place. But people asked me at, the, at uh, Hillsborough when I done the same thing. And they said to me, Tommy, what was happening? And I said, God's people were praying. If you had went to any of those meetings, you would have thought there was nobody going to attend the meeting. Because the only people that were sitting in the meeting were the unsaved. All of God's people were in praying for the unsaved. And then they all came in. I never forget some folks here will remember, uh, as I look down, most of some people remember the old church down the road. 
we used to have a men's prayer meeting on a Friday night. And that meeting, prayer meeting, started about 10 o'clock. And sometimes it went right through the next morning to about 7 in the morning. And I remember seeing some of the men who worked in, ship, in the shipyard. They would come with their peace box. They would come with their overalls. And after the prayer meeting, would go straight to uh, work. I never forget, there was a young man. He, he must have been about 12 years of age. And he would stay about 12 o'clock. And uh, Dr. Paisley said to him one day, Son, get you home. Your mommy will be water, worrying about you. And the next thing, about half 12 or quarter to one, the door knocked. And it was the wee boy. He had gone home and told his mommy about the blessing they got in the prayer meeting. And she said, you go back again. And that wee boy stayed right to the end. God's people were praying and the Lord was working. I know, my friend, that's what we need again. We need, the Bible tells us, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will heal their land. You know, the Lord was working in those days through God's servant. And it wasn't only the free church and other denominations, uh, good evangelical denominations, God was working. That's right. And you know, he can do it again. I believe the Lord can do it again. But what we need, we need to start to pray. Mm-hmm. My friend in the meeting tonight, if you don't know Christ as your saviour, Dr. Paisley would say to me, Tommy, tell the folks about the saviour. Tell them about my saviour. As a little boy, a <laughs> six-year-old, his mother had the joy of pointing to the saviour. His mother was sp- talking about the lamb and uh, the lost sheep. And he went to his mother and he says, Mother, I don't want to be like the lost sheep. I want to be a, a loved lamb. And Mrs. Paisley Sr. had the joy of pointing her son to the saviour. You know, my friend, tonight... I stand here tonight because of people who prayed for me. People who saw that I was heading to a Christless eternity. And you know, I remember my Sunday school teacher saying to me, Tommy, you need to be saved. And I remember saying to him, Mr. Stewart, I'm as good as anybody. I go to Sunday school. I go to children's meetings. I go to all these things. But he says, look, I have a picture of you in God's word. I know what the Lord sees in you, that all your righteousness are like filthy rags. He says, Tommy, you need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And I thank God in September in 66, I came to know the Lord as my own and personal Savior. You know, my friend, tonight you need to come personally to the Savior. You say to me, how can I come personally to God? Well, the Bible tells us the Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You need to come personally to the Savior. But you know, you need to come properly. You know, I thought that going to Sunday school, I thought that going to all these meetings that I was saved. I thought that I was ready for heaven. But my friend, I wasn't properly ready for heaven. You need to come properly. The Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. You need to come and confess your sin. You need to come and say, Lord, I'm a guilty, hell-deserving sinner. Wash me, cleanse me in your precious blood, and he'll do it. 
But you know, my friend, you need to come personally. You need to come properly. But you need to come promptly. You need to come promptly. You need to come now. He says, now is the day of salvation. Now is the day. My friend, tonight, the Lord Jesus Christ is here tonight. And he can save you. The Lord Jesus says, uh, is calling you and uh, on that cross in Calvary, he shed his precious blood that you might live. Oh, friend, tonight, come personally to the Saviour. Come properly and come promptly. You know, tonight, God's servant, Dr. Paisley's in heaven. Not through anything that he done. Not through anything that uh, was in good in him. But it was through his Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what he done on Calvary. I would pray to you tonight. I thank the Lord that that day that I came to the Saviour, the Lord was good. And the joy is that I saw my mother and my father, the joy of leading my father to the Lord. I've seen my two sons and my daughter come to the Lord. Amen. And I got the greatest <coughs> of all telephone calls a, a couple of years ago. My little grandson, who was seven year old, was at our uh, Porta Foggy uh, children's meeting. And he phoned me and he said, Granda, I've trusted the Lord Jesus as my saviour. Praise the Lord. And you know, it was a, it was a real joy mm -hmm. to see. And my friend tonight, if you get saved in this meeting, you'll never know what will happen to your life. It can transform your family. That's right. And you can see your family one for the Lord. I pray that this short word of testimony, and I pray that this little look at the work of uh, the Lord, I stress again that it wasn't the men, it was the Spirit of God working. Dr. Paisley would say to me, Tommy, don't be praising my name up. It was God working through me that these people came to the Lord. And you know, my friend, tonight, I would plead with you, if you don't know Christ as your Saviour, come and trust him. Amen. Amen. Well, we do thank Mr. Gilmore for all that he shared with us. Um, that's been tremendous to hear uh, this again about what was happening in those days. We're just going to close our service. I just have four questions. Let me leave them with you. One, are you saved tonight? Have you got a testimony to the saving and keeping power of Christ? Can you look back to a time, a moment, an occasion when you knelt as a sinner and asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour? That's the most important decision that you're ever going to make. Let me say secondly, as a believer now, are you supplicating God's throne? You heard mention about prayer. There is a link between prayer and the power of God. And why, in a sense, tonight is the church powerless? Surely the answer, as we heard this morning in our own congregation, it's prayerlessness. It's a sin. And we need to repent of that. And we need to come to the Lord and confess that. And we need to start seeking the face of God for our children, for our community, for our country. Do you know, let me just say this. If we realise tonight how spiritually dark things are in parts of Protestant Belfast and Roman Catholic Belfast. If we, if, we, if we had our eyes open to grasp that, we would weep. We, we would really weep. 
And we think of the hardness, we think of the blindness, we think of the lawlessness, we think of the godlessness that there is in certain parts of Belfast tonight. I'm not talking about the evangelical community. I'm talking about those who have no time for the church, no thought for God, just living their life independently as if he didn't exist. And how can that be broken? It can only be broken by the power of God. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And what we need to go like the ancient of old. You know, this is not a new thing. Remember the psalmist, Psalm 86, verse 5. Wilt thou not revive us again? A thousand years before the, 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 the Christ came, there was the psalmist crying to God for revival for his generation. And that's what we need again in the free church. We need young men, young women who say like the psalmist, but I gave myself to prayer. Will you be a, a supplicator of God's throne? Will you give up time, put the television off, put the books away, close the magazine, shut down the computer and say, Lord, I'm going to give a little time to you. I'm going to pray for my minister. I'm going to pray for my church. I'm going to pray for my family and wait on God. That's what we need. Also, I have another question. Not only are you saved, not only are you a supplicator, are you serving the Lord? What are you doing for Christ? Little as much when God is in it, even more than wealth or fame. There's a crown you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. Are you going for God? Are you spreading the word? Are you telling about Jesus, the mighty to save? Are, are you, you you're saying to folks about the Lord? That, that's important. And one final question. Are you standing for Christ? I want to tell you if there ever was a day and generation, the 21st century, we need to stand for Jesus Christ and put our head above the parapet and say, I'm the Lord's. I'm not ashamed to own my Lord or to defend his cause, maintain the honour of his word, the glory of his cross. I want to tell you it's now. Amen. I want to tell you it's now. Militant atheism is on the increase. There's a spirit of hedonism, a pleasure-seeking craze that's going on in Northern Ireland. In the background, you've got uh, the uh, militant Islamists, uh, and you think of the persecution that's going on in Christian communities and lands where they're dominant. And I tell you, this is a day for the Christian church to say, we're on the Lord's side. Stand up and be counted for Christ. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Four questions I leave with you. Are you saved tonight? Are you supplicating God's throne? Are, are you spreading the word? Are you standing for Christ? May the Lord bless his truth to your heart.